Okay, are we all all right? Yeah, all right, okay. I feel like God has already spoken masses this morning and there is like, there is so much just bubbling and there's so much just going on. Um, but this, this morning, this talk's going to be quite like just more practical and I think that we mustn't devalue that as well. I want it to be, um, we're just going to be talking about normal, ordinary, mundane life and that's really important. Okay, so just, just bear with me. I know this morning has been so exciting, but this is really important too. Okay, so we're continuing on our um, study of the Garden to the City. Let's see if there's any more people. Who is reading this book at the minute? Yes, it's spreading, it's spreading. Well done. (laughs) It's brilliant. I can really, really recommend it. So we are looking at this morning, what are we called to? So we're going to, we're just sitting in Genesis 1 and 2 for this this series of bringing life. So we're just going to reread Genesis 1, 26. Hang on, let me get... I don't have to turn many pages to get to Genesis 1. Okay. Then God said, let us make man in our image, in our likeness, and let them rule over the fish of the sea and the birds of the sky, over the livestock, over the earth, and over all creatures that move along the ground. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. God blessed them and said to them, be be fruitful and increase in number. Fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over the fish of the sea and the birds of the air and every living creature that moves on the ground. Then God said, I give you every seed-bearing plant on the face of the whole earth and every tree that has fruit with seed. They will be yours for food. And to all the beasts of the earth and all the birds of the air and all the creatures that move on the ground, everything that has the breath of life in it, I give every green plant for food. And so it was. God saw all he had made and it was very good. And there was evening and there was morning the sixth day. So I've, I've highlighted a few um, oh, I can't see from here. A few phrases. Um, the first, the first bit I wanted to look at. The first bit that stands out to me is when it says that God calls us to rule over it. Now, the word "rule" isn't a word that we use very often. It's not a word that's kind of in my everyday language. When um, Edelweiss was born, this is Edelweiss, everybody. <laughs> when Edelweiss was born, um, we one of the, her names that we wanted to give her was Etta. Um, And that's because someone um, from our old church when we were growing up, there was an incredible older lady that was this absolute prayer warrior, like she was something else. Um, She was just a larger than life character and she was just amazing. And we just wanted to just claim a little bit of Etta for our daughter. But when I looked at the meaning, Etta means little ruler. And and that really jarred with me at first because I was a bit like, to me, the word little ruler makes me think of like a dictator like that's what what I think about and I thought I don't want that for my child but I'm because I really love the meaning of names and so I kind of like looked into it a bit more looked into what rule means and rule just means to like claim rightful authority and to live that out and to work at it to create culture to be in charge of what you're in charge of and I was like actually no no that is what I want for my daughter I want her to be a little ruler 
Um, sometimes it does feel like she's a little dictator, but um, I'm claiming she is a little ruler in her own right. So that is what we're called to do when we're called to rule over the earth, rule over what God has given us. We are called to work. We are called to take rightful authority over it. We are called to create culture around our earth because it's ours and we have been given that God-given authority. Now, humanity is this huge, massive web of people, all different, all, um, all individual. So how do, does little me, in this world of seven billion people, how do I rule? Because we've all been given that calling, but actually we're all different and we all need to rule in our own way. When we think of the word calling, um, where I would think of being called into... Um, church leadership or being called into um, being a missionary or um, being called to being a nun and they were the kind of only things that I'd ever heard that you were called to I never heard of anyone that was called to um, be a waste disposal person yeah everything I thought that that would have had a calling was those kind of significant oh wow you're really living your life for God kind of jobs or careers or um and it and it had to be this big mysterious wow amazing calling and I remember when I was like 19 sitting I was was sitting on some steps and I was just everything in me wanted to have give all my all to God and say God take my life do whatever you want with it but I just don't know what you want me to do what is my calling tell me and this is a true story a little bit I don't think I've ever told anyone this I'll just tell a lot of the right I sat with my eyes closed now and I kept saying God I'm going to count to three and when I open my eyes just write it in the sky and then I'll and then and then I'll and then I'll know for certain and I'll know for the rest of my life and I did that several times <laughs> okay God ready steady Oh, it's not there. Okay, God, maybe you weren't quite ready. I asked you to just write it in the sky. And I did that for a little while because I wanted it to be clear. I wanted to have this big moment. I wanted it to be significant. I wanted it to be like, wow. But the truth is, those burning bush incredible moments are incredible moments. They're not just the, the everyday normal occurrence. That, it's in the Bible because it's insane. It's huge. Yeah, it's, we're, we're not all going to have those moments. Maybe some of us might have those moments throughout our lives, but that's not what to expect every day. And that does not mean that then you are not called just because you haven't had that moment. Yeah? yeah? yeah. Um, so the word, I did a little bit of So the word calling um, comes from the um, Latin root of the word vacatio. That is 100% not how you pronounce that word, okay? Um, but, that, but that's what it sounds like in English, vocation. Um, so that's what the word vocation comes from. And that is what the word voice comes from. The Quakers have this saying, let my life speak. Let my life speak. And that is what my calling is. Because I am uniquely made in the image of God. You are uniquely made in the image of God. There is over seven billion of us uniquely made in the image of God. And we all have a different voice. And we have been told with our own voice, we need to rule. Okay, so whatever your area is, whatever your life looks like, whatever is in your hands, you have been told, you have been called to rule with your voice. And that looks like 
Not this big thing that's going to happen one day. Not this big thing that's out there. We've already been formed. We've already been made. We have been knit together, planned, designed, thought of. Um, way, way, way before everything we have is, is within us. God has created us. We need to dig deep. We need to look at ourselves and look at what we've already got. What are your strengths? What are your limitations? What is your personality? What is, um, uh, like, all those um, personality tests that are out there, I absolutely love, like, bioenergetics, Myers-Briggs, um, all the strength finders, all of them have a lot of gold to them because, actually, it helps us see what is already within us. It helps us see what strengths we can play to, what we can work with. And life is about trials and errors, we can look at the th- all, all, of all of our failures and see, ah, that's not what I'm actually called to. That's okay. That's another step forward. Yes, yeah, so everything. We need to look at what we're good at and what we're actually not good at. Things that have made us burn out in the past isn't necessarily because maybe we were pushed too far, but maybe we were walking in a direction that actually we don't have that within us to give. So we need to look at this. We need to dig deep. We need to excavate. We need to um, search and we need to ask God, what have you already placed within me? Now, there's, within the book, there is um, these, is it eight? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Yeah, eight questions about things that can help, um, help discover what your calling is. When I um, finished college, I literally had, a, that was my kind of close my eyes, looking in the sky moment. Um, I had no idea what I wanted to do, and I was incredibly blessed because my parents really weren't, didn't push me. My parents encouraged me to just take some time and just figure out what you absolutely love. And so that's what I did. I just got like a casual job and spent time thinking about what do I want to do? What do I want to get my teeth stuck into? So I, um, what did I do? I got a job, was a waitress, quite liked being a waitress. Um, I was really interested in um, the pregnancy crisis centre that our church ran. So I trained as a pregnancy crisis counsellor and got involved and volunteered there. I was really interested in... um, supporting people so in our church I just started to just casually mentor a few of the girls that were a few years younger than me and started to invest in in them I um, uh, trained to become as trained with a charity that went into schools that taught sex and relationship education to teenagers I mean not many people that might not think be something that's joyous to lots of people but I was like I want to do that I want to teach young people um, I want them to have information. I want them to be able to make informed choices. I want them to be empowered over stuff that I think is really, really important. And what you do with sex is really, really important. And so that's what I did in that year. I also went to Africa because I thought, if I'm going to be significant, if I'm going to have a big calling, surely that means I'm going to be a missionary, so I may as well go to a third world country. So I did that as well. And so these are all things that I just loved. And actually, and, 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 and as I went on, these were things that I was really good at. I was good at kind of getting alongside people and talking to them and being real. I was good at encouraging people and empowering people and being an advocate for people. So that kind of led me on to the next few steps. So the next question is, what does the world need? So like Becca was saying earlier, when we look at the world and we see um, that thing, then... Ofsted's failing here or that this is going on rather than being like somebody needs to do that it's actually like do you know what I've really noticed that somebody needs to do that maybe that somebody is me maybe I need to step into that so 
What do you love? What are you good at? What does the world need? Um, I can't read that one from there. Um, what does the world need? What is going to make the world a more garden-like place? Do you know what? There is so many things that make the world a more garden-like place, and they are not glamorous. Being um, a manual labourer makes the world a more garden-like place because you are, you are shifting the earth. You are using what is, what is there and forming it into something that's creative, that's better, that's developing, that's progressing. Um, everything that we do, every, every little thing, um, a morning tea party, a, um, I don't, like an office job, all of these things are making the world a more garden-like place because you are doing things with your resources, with your hands, you're making things possible. Things that might not be making the world a more garden-like place are when, we ex- when you exploit people, when you're tricking people into um, loans that, aren't, that they can't afford. That, they're the things that are not making the world a gar- more garden-like place. But absolutely, doing the checkout at Sainsbury's is making the world a more garden-like place. Does that, does that make sense, everybody? I feel like I've lost everybody. No? Okay. All right. Um, What is God blessing? What is God saying that is really, really great? I'm giving you this and I'm opening opening up these doors for you. When I um, did my kind of time of thinking about what I loved, skipping on to the next point, somebody said to me, all these things that you're doing, Kat, it's like a midwife. Like you're helping people when it's uncomfortable, you're, you're supporting people, you're being their advocate, you're empowering people, you're educating people. That's what a midwife does. And it was literally like, ah, yeah, that is what a midwife does. Okay, okay, God, maybe I want to be a midwife. So I, so I was on holiday in Scotland and I opened the newspaper, this was August, I opened the newspaper and there was a clearing place in Teesside Uni, which is where I lived. Um, for a midwife so I thought okay then so I applied wrote down everything I'd done that year all the thing all the skills that I'd got applied they rang me up and said could you come for an interview in two days so I was like okay god that's that's cool I'll, I'll go for an interview um, I went to for this interview they called me days a couple of, and I was ready to talk about everything because of all the things I'd already done that year of all the things that I'd already kind of stepped into they called me a couple of days later and was like, yeah, you've got a place to start in September. So I literally like started to a couple of weeks later. I sat in the class on the first day and they said, congratulations, every single one of you sat here. There is 24 of you sat here and there was over 500 applications. And I was just like, God, what? That is insane. I didn't even know I wanted to do this till two weeks ago. Don't tell anyone on this course because they've been trying for years. Um, and it, so what are people saying? What are people saying? You're really, really good at this. You need to probably step into that a bit more. Sometimes, how, don't you think it's so much easier to see what someone else has got going on than it is to look at yourself? I'm so good at telling other people. What, <laughs> what, what, yeah, you're really good at that. I see that you're so talented. You, you just you make people come alive when you do that. Go for that. Dig into that. Step into that. And what is the Spirit saying to you? Sometimes they're the same thing, but sometimes they're really different. Because sometimes the Spirit calls us into doing stuff we don't want to do. Yeah? So them eight questions, what am I called to? That's just a really, really helpful guide for us to sit and just kind of um, think about those things. Because the truth is, jobs will go. My career will end. My children will grow up. But my calling, till the day I die will be there my calling isn't my job as a midwife 
My calling isn't, um, isn't being a mother. Oh, I got right on cue. <laughs> my calling is to do what God put in me, and that is to be an advocate for me, to empower people, to get alongside people, to be real with people. That is who I am. And that is where in every area of my life what I find myself doing because I've chosen to say, yes, God, this is what my calling is. I got confused about what the um, sacred and the secular was. I thought to be significant. I thought um, for my life to have purpose for God, it had to be a sacred thing. But that's not true because 95% of my life is secular. 95% of my life is putting the washing on, going to the shops, meeting up with a friend. I can't think of any more. Eating a tuna sandwich. Like, (laughs) do you know, this is life. That is my life. And if I only invite God into my um, sacred parts of my life, into church here, into my Bible reading, into my prayer, I'm going to miss out on a huge, massive portion of what's going on. There is no such thing as sacred and secular. I don't... There is no such thing as a Christian song. There, there is no such thing as a Christian melody. We have songs that are sung by Christians. I am a midwife and I'm a Christian. And, that, and, they, and they collide and they are, they are all of the same thing. But they are... I don't have to be... You don't, if you're a writer, you don't have to be a Christian writer. You need to be a writer and you're a Christian. Does this make sense? You can bring your Christianity into everything because it's who you are. It doesn't have to marry up to your career or your job or what's going on in your life right now in order to bring God into every minute of it. Um, because in 1 Corinthians, it tells us that there's no part of the body that's insignificant. Every single one of us does different things and there is not one area of it that's insignificant. I was thinking about this incredible um, alpha course that we're doing at the minute. The fact we've got like 40 to 50 people coming and and it's so easy to look at David. I've already talked to David about this, but to look at David and be like, wow, David, I couldn't do that. You are leading that alpha course and you're doing such a good job and thank you, but that's not my calling. That's not my role. But you know what? There's only people there because people brought them. There is only people there because, um, because we were able to put on this course. And we're able to put on this course because um, HTB set up this alpha video. They have people who, who are really great communicators. They have people who are great script writers, great filmers, great lighting in order to put on this. They've got people with money who are able to contribute. We have people who are able to bake cakes we have people and need more people who are able to pour cups of tea and give glasses of juice on, to make this course happen. We ha- this course happens because somebody um, made a carpet in some other country and laid it down in our building. Somebody made the bricks. Somebody built that building. Somebody made the chairs. Somebody designed the ceiling and the acoustics. And all of these millions of different tiny jobs have all come together because... Everybody was doing what they were gifted at so that David could do what he's gifted at. Guys, just because you make something in a factory, that's significant because actually we needed the projector to project things onto the screen. Yeah? Every single thing, 
in, in, is significant. You are no less significant just because you are not doing something that you see as uh, that seem to be glamorous. We are called to rule over the earth with you are called to let your voice speak let your life speak so church we need to rule yeah we need to rule we need to be good at what we are good at I am going to be the best midwife that I can physically be because that is what is in my hands to rule at at the minute and that that doesn't look like winning awards that looks like um this is something that I really, really deliberately do. That looks like after um, a birth, I clean all of my room. So when the cleaners come in the room, they say, who's been in this room? And, and, that, and that sounds like a little thing. And, and it's something I have deliberately done. But the amount of times that people have come up and said, thank you, I really appreciate that. Because I just thought, that would be a nice thing to do. And I'm going to be good at it. Another little thing, and, and I'm not saying this to make, make me sound good at all. I'm saying this because I want you to know how tiny things are. We constantly have signs up at work. I'm sure any of you that work in an office or anything are familiar with these signs saying, what? I don't know, there's no servants here, wash your cup. Like that kind of sign, yes? Everyone familiar with that kind of passive-aggressive or just aggressive signs at work? I have this rule that when I take my cup to the, to the sink, I will wash it up and I will wash everything else up that's there even if it's not myself and sometimes like it's literally like I am so busy I do not have 30 seconds but I'm going to wash up because nobody else has got 30 seconds either and it's just doing little things like that nobody else sees me washing up nobody sees me doing it but that is one thing that I can rule out I can I can be good at that and I can I can be part of the team and I can and I can rule at the washing up how sad's that that's not the writing that I had in the sky when I was 19 that's not what I was hoping for but yeah it's just being we we need to rule we need to be good we need to be good at what we're doing and it and it does and it ties in with the great commission in Matthew when God tells us to go make disciples of all nations we need to be living our lives in a way that invites questions yeah absolutely we need to tell them with words but first of all they need to see what is going on with that person what is different about that person they are excellent they go above and beyond and there is something different about them right I think Edelweiss is done let's invite the band up that is all I want that is all I want to say and that's kind of I think let's just spend some time maybe do one more song um, in worship and let's just thanks thanks